One of the best intros ever on a podcast. We think so anyway. The boys light up. It is episode 20. And uh, I cannot believe that we're up to 20 episodes. But that has been virtually how long we have been in isolation for COVID. And, uh, well, talking about isolation, one man that's doing it a little bit harder than me and Timmy Ludeman. Well, it's a big show. Oh. This man all the way from Mount Eliza in Melbourne, Darren Chuck Berry, and he can't really be the big show at the moment because he's uh, locked down virtually 22 hours of the day. Oh, when the Saints go marching in, 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 oh, how I that's the one. <laughs> Up and about and excited. Don't oh. worry about that. The Saints are back in the finals. Oh, I thought we'd won the grand final. The way that we all reacted the other night after we won. Oh, I thought we won the grand final. Are we, are we only just in the finals, Big Oh, the way you reacted, mate. I was actually, uh, I was kind of hoping the result might have gone the other way because I was waiting for a little bit of a reaction. Me and Timmy Ludeman might have shared a couple of little text messages, uh, you know, just uh, praying that maybe the Giants might have took it up to you. And uh, speaking of that, man... <laughs> Really listen to those lyrics, but he's a little lamb with a lot to learn. Timmy Ludeman, how are you, buddy? Big fella, can I just say, after the Saints <laughs> win, I'm very happy for Chuck, but the self-imposed ban that we've put on Chuck, it's been more popular than the podcast. I've had at least 38 tech messages <laughs> saying that is the best thing we've ever done on this podcast, is put a ban on Darren Berry. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, it doesn't last that long either, does it? You only have to put a little, uh, just a little fishing rod right in there, yeah, a bit of bait out there, and the big fella just bites, doesn't he? <laughs> oh, it's great watching Twitter when St Kilda play. <laughs> it's, not, uh, it's not hard to get the big tuna on, I can tell you. But uh, no, fair call, Ludi. Uh, you've had thirty-five texts. If you've had thirty-five, I've had seventy-five to say. And you're still with us, mate. What's happened? Where you gone, Tucker? <laughs> I'm exactly the same. When Richmond get rolled, the phone lights up. When they oh. win, you hear nothing. You get donuts. But, hey, who do you want to play, Chuck? I don't care. I'm just happy to be there. To be honest, I would actually like to play Collingwood and beat Collingwood, but that's probably with a, a few old wounds going back to the grand finals. Uh, but I don't care. Obviously, Bulldogs or, uh, or the Magpies, but... Uh, Personally, I'd like to see us beat Collingwood in the elimination final. Mm, what uh, What are your thoughts, Ludie, on uh, the final series, which is going right down to the wire, isn't it? We still don't know final positions as we go to air on our podcast tonight. It's been pretty exciting, hasn't it? I reckon of the bottom four as it stands at the moment, I think the only team that can do any damage is West Coast. I'm sorry, Chuck, but I think West Coast is the only, one, the only team that can actually have an impact in the finals. I think it's out of the top four that will win it. You're not rating the pies. You're not rating the Collingwood have got their probably their best apart from Steel Sidebottom. Their best field, a uh, best team on the park, I reckon, uh, since about round four or five. Yeah, Steel is very important. If they had Sidebottom, they're a completely different team. But without him, I think that's the key to them winning the premiership. So or losing the premiership. Mm, interesting. Sarks. What about Jeremy you? Jeremy Howe. 
Jeremy Howe still out? Oh, yeah, Howe's still out. Yeah, good point. Is, is he a chance to come back, Howe? I haven't really been over that commentary. Yeah, there was a little bit of a whisper. I don't think he's in tonight. Uh, as we go to air, obviously, Port Adelaide and the Magpies. Pretty big game because if Port win, they will finish minor premiers, which uh, I don't think Port have ever done before minor premiers. And imagine being in Adelaide, Ludie, because you and I lived there for a fair period. Port Adelaide minor premiers, Adelaide Crows wooden spooners. Mm. Unbelievable, isn't it? Oh, yeah, the town will be going chaos right? over there. The, 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 the town would be going mad over there at the moment. It would be the paper. Can you imagine the papers, Chuck? It was bad enough when the oh. Red Bucks won the, won the bloody uh, wooden spoon every year. But uh, when the Crows lose it, uh, the fans will be going off their chops. What about the spotlight, uh, Stewie Jew, uh, a video release, which was taken a few months ago. Sour grapes for mine, and uh, of him urinating, and it brought back memories of uh, Chuck Sarker at the May races, uh, you know, down the alleyway of the Whalers Hotel, Ludie. Imagine if we <laughs> released some of these videos and made these public knowledge. He might have lost his job a few years before at Sarker. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to throw anyone under the bus, but I think there might have been a former Redbacks player who might have got done for peeing down the alley too by the comments. <laughs> but I'm not chucking anyone under the bus there, but Mate, someone definitely did copper fine. Chuck them, because they all listen to all those boys, so who is it? No, no I'm not throwing anyone Come under on, the bus. Come on, was it Sayers? Head? No, I can, the initial. No, Just the initials. No, uh, no initials, but I could confirm that someone definitely did get done. What about Putland? Was he? <laughs> no, no, no. Come on, mate. Ferguson? 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 No, 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 no. I'm not giving away any names. <laughs> oh, Benjamin Button's on the fence tonight, big fella. Yeah, this that's is soft. Come on, they all. It's, it's only. Oh, and, and I want to bring back to the point I made at the start. Who cares if he was having a wee? Like, come on, you know, like, and bringing it out a few months later. Gee whiz, I reckon that's terrible. That's the way the media, unfortunately, and you and I are sort of part of it in a funny sort of way. But, yeah, look, the world, we've said it before on this podcast, the uh, political correctness, there's some things where you draw the line, but, you know, just come on. A little bit of a snakes is not that bad. Come on. Well, a, a bloke told me, and, and, and he was part of the force uh, and still is part of the force, but he told me a long time ago, you cannot get done for that because all you've got to say your defence is that you were busting and you could not hold it in any longer. So it's like, you know, if you ever get done for that or you have to go to court or something for something like that, it's a, it's a thrown-out case. Well, that'll be good to, good to know for good to know for next May races, I suppose, won't it? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say there's normally a sort of you know uh, the Wizard of Oz when you follow the yellow brick road. Well, from from the Warnable Racecourse to Whalers, it's sort of follow the yellow trail, isn't it? Because people <laughs> piss all the way from the course to Whalers. Oh, honestly, I've been uh, I've been on walks recently, and uh, you know, if you if you suck the fluids in before you go, I mean, I've been doing some nice kind of six to ten k walks. Uh, you know, you've got to kind of just head into the bushes. You got to someone's got to kind of keep watch for you, and you know, you just got to pray that no one comes around that corner because uh, they might be in for one heck of a surprise. <laughs> you, you, you've got to be respectful. You've got to be respectful. Yeah, that's but why I said I'm in the bushes. If a man's got to go, a man's got to go. Anyway, get off the piss and let's get <laughs> back onto the AFL. Uh, Scott Pendlebury, boys, can I throw that at you? Tonight, as we speak, 314 games, the most ever by a magpie, 162 games as captain. He's one of those quiet achievers for mine, someone that you admire enormously. 
not a not a big hoo ha about him. No big show about him, is there? He's just a star. Absolute champion. Probably the greatest. Well, the greatest ever Collingwood footballer. I can't think of anyone else. Um, he's certainly Nathan, top of my list, but Nathan, I'm sure Nathan you guys Buckley, will throw someone coach. at me. I was going to say Buckley yeah, he's was not fair. Bad. <laughs> fair player. Not bad. No premiership though. Oh, you, you can't define, and he came out a couple of weeks, Bucks. You can't define someone on just not winning a premiership. Can you, Chuck? No, well, you shouldn't. The, there's been some beauties. Uh, there's been some beauties. Peter McKenna, a great goal kicker. The great Peter Dacos. Dacos. We love watching him. Yeah. Pete, Peter Moore won a Brownlow medal at the Magpies. What about Monkhurst? Uh, Cult hero. The great Damien Monkhurst. Uh, and don't forget, <laughs> don't forget the great Athos Hyrusalakaris. <laughs> Remember him? Yeah. Apis, Rupert Mathera was another one. Rupert what about Big Jimmy? What about Jimmy Manson? Wasn't he a star? Oh, mate, I reckon he's been teaching some of the St Kilda boys how to kick for goal, Jimmy Manson. <laughs> hey, just on that not happy chuck with the uh, the King Twins, you give them a bit of a clip during the week. Ah, the kids, they're going to be good, but I just uh, <laughs> it just annoys me. You know, I don't like the I don't like the bullshit of oh they're only kids. Hey. I understand that, mate. I didn't come down the last shower. <laughs> but don't give me their only kids. They're playing in the big time. And I'll, I'll say again, <clears throat> I reckon they're both going to be absolute beauties. And I'm they glad are. we've got the young yeah. boy at our club. But at the moment, they get pushed off the ball uh, too easily. Their game awareness is poor. And I'm sorry, their goal kicking. Max King had kicked 10 points in a row before he slotted one the other night. <laughs> Sorry, not good enough. <laughs> and can I ask you one more just on the Saints, and you'll appreciate this, Ludy. What about uh, the double jump off uh, off the two legs from memory? You're not a big fan of that, Come are you? Off it. Come off it. Let's get off the Saints because you're just pushing all my buttons. You're gonna Come you're gonna on. tell me Jack you're gonna tell me Jack Billings is a superstar as well, aren't you? Come you're on, not Jack, a, do something. You're not a massive fan do of Jack. Something, Jack. <laughs> but you're not you're not a big fan of memory just jumping off the two feet all the time, are you? You know, look you wanna see him jump into packs. When you, I don't know, Stewie, you were better football than me, and I know Ludy was a great down at uh, Nestle's or whatever they Nestle. were called. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a bit of a piss take. I know that. That was a piss take. A lot of Nestle's boys listen stuff, to this. But, I mean, when you jump for a mark, tell me if I'm wrong, and uh, we're going to talk a bit tonight about country football legends and cricketing legends in the bush. bit different angle tonight. I think when you jump for a mark, I don't know if I'm right or wrong, but you put one knee up to get a bit of elevation, protect yourself. Membry stands there like a plank, uh, <laughs> and he just jumps up with two feet. You can get no <laughs> elevation off two feet. No elevation. You need to you, launch you can't, one. You can't even... You can't even jump up with one knee up now. Look at Tom Hawkins last night. I got pinged for it. Oh, disgrace. Well, just on the tomahawk, what about, you know, he's pushing of people into packs and stuff. That's very dangerous, you know. Have you seen that footage? Yeah, I've you've seen gone soft footage. as well, Stuart. You, you've <laughs> gone soft as well, Stewie. I mean, what, you never pushed anyone to a pack? Absolutely. That's all I had because I was a big <laughs> unit. And, and you know what happened? <laughs> I kind of retired just before. Remember they brought that, you know, wanky friggin' ruling where you couldn't put your hands in the back remember that yeah. come in and any hands in the back oh, look, that would have ruined me that would have wrecked my career because I used to just get to where the ball was landing you know like I knew I could judge it in the air and then I would just put my plant my two big thighs and uh, my ass, and I would just land in that spot and just for the Stewie just for the listeners they are monstrous 
Oh. Tom, Tom Hawkins, like, let's be honest, Looney. I, I think I kicked 11 one day at uh, Naranda when you were playing your raking left foot kicks oh. out of fullback. But uh, no. Here we go again, Luke. <laughs> hey, Luke, 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 do you yeah. know how I've been put on a ban from Twitter when the Saints are playing? <laughs> I've had a couple of text messages this week from a couple of loyal podcast <laughs> listeners, and they said, if we the have Gav? to hear Harford? the Daniel Harford story again... <laughs> If the big fella tells us that story again, how he once tagged Daniel Harford, they are never going to tune in again. They're done, they said. Only when, four times he's told us. And you know what? I don't think Harford can remember it. It must have been a non-memorable day for Daniel that day, but uh, yeah. Well, I can also in, I can enlighten you two boys to say I've spoken with Daniel Harford. Mm-hmm. I won't reveal whether he remembers or he doesn't remember, but he said whenever we're ready, whenever we're ready, he's lining up for a chat on the potty. Yeah, that concerns me greatly, uh, big fella, that is for sure. Hey, how are you going in lockdown, Chuck? Like, well, yeah, how's Because me and Ludie, we're kind of, uh, I suppose, yeah, reaping I the rewards being in regional Victoria. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, you know, you feel like the pressure valve's been released, Ludie, don't, don't you? No, oh, it's unbelievable. I mean, running around, driving wherever I want, doing what I want, just having fun, living normal life at the moment, just with a mask on. Going to uh, a pub Chuck, and having you, a What have you been up to? Go Just on. rub it in, you blokes. Rub it in. Yeah, no, <laughs> went I, to a pub I, I and had, had me, a bar meal, which was unbelievable. I had me one hour walk down the shop to get me takeaway coffee, social distancing, not allowed out between nine and five. And, uh, you know, where I live on the Mornington Peninsula, I mean, it's out of control. We, we've got two cases uh, on the Mornington Peninsula, which scans from Frankston to Sorrento, which is about 60 kilometres. Uh, two cases, but I'm not allowed to fart until uh, this Sunday. <laughs> Hopefully, we can joke about it. You know what happened when you farted last time, big fella? You destroyed that little campsite over in the hills in Adelaide. (laughs) (laughs) Any truth to the rumour, too, that you've got your own personalised mask down there with uh, the Big Show kind of moniker on the side? Uh, Little Birdie told me that uh, possibly that might be what you're rocking. Got a couple made up uh, for the Big Show and... uh, I might send a couple to you blokes in the mail. Before we get off AFL footy, there's one topic I wanted to ask you two about. I want to get your thoughts, and then Saka will come off the long run. What about the 30-second shot clock crap? What do you think about it in the AFL? Oh, I, I, I must admit, I don't take much notice of it, big fella, to be honest. like I, you know, The only time you probably take notice is when, I suppose, they're trying to milk the clock a little bit late in the game and they, they take their full 30 seconds. But I don't I don't mind it. Like It, it makes them kind of you know get the get the game flowing a bit. All right. Well, I'll say I think, I think it should then, be 20. Uh, I think it should be 20, 20 seconds. I think it's 10 too long. And I think the one minute between the goal and then balling the ball up is too long as well. That's for advertisement, though, big fella. Yeah, that's how so you can get two thirty-second commercials in, and they're paying top dollar on Channel Seven. I know the well, coaches will only coach goes longer than the game. <laughs> yes, go, Chuck. Luke, sorry, yes. Just listen, you idiots. Just listen to this logic and tell me if I'm wrong or if I'm right. Because I've been thinking about it the last few weeks. Preliminary final: Ludeman barracking for Geelong, big fella barracking for Richmond. Preliminary final: Tigers are three goals up with two and a half minutes to go. Now, Blind Freddy knows. What, what's the Tigers' plan then, please, uh, big fella? Well, they're just going to milk the clock. Milk the clock. Chip it around, chip it around. They kick it forward, and out comes Jackie Rewalt, and he marks it 67 metres from goal. What's Jackie Rewalt going to do? Pretend he's having a shot. Pretend he's having a shot. Therefore, Ludie, what does he actually get to do then? 
waste 30 seconds. Those 30 seconds are pretty important in the scheme of the game. So here's Sarka's theory, all right? Mm. Number one, number one, you can't use this bullshit 30 seconds unless you are inside 50. Yeah. I hate it when they aim for goal from 65. And you know and I know and everyone watching the game at home knows they're just going to chip it into a pocket or look for another lead. Oh, sorry, ump, I changed my mind. So you can't call the 30 seconds unless you're inside 50. That's number I, one. I like that. Nothing wrong with that. Perfect. Agreed. No, number two. Number two. Because I don't like it. And people complain about the defensive kicking the ball backwards, keeping off style of footy. And I don't like it either. I know it's a tactic. And if I was coaching and I was three goals up, I would have trained it to the nth degree. Chip, get free, chip. Waste time, waste time. I'm saying the 30-second shot clock, boys, and I don't mind Ludy's theory 20, but if, even if they leave it at 30, it doesn't, right? You can give them the 30 seconds, and on the scoreboard, on the scoreboard, you have a 30-second countdown. However, that 30 seconds does not come off the time of the game, all right, oh, until right. the players kick the ball. So it doesn't mm. impact... On the result, you can you can take your 20 seconds or your 30 seconds to have a set shot if you're inside 50. Don't give me the bullshit outside 50. But the clock doesn't run down because Hawkins chips it into Brian Myers. He gets another 30. And if he can find someone free, he gets another 30 and the game's over. So you get your 30, but it's not coming off the time on the clock. It's already too short with 16 minutes. If you chip it around for three, you're only playing 13 minutes. It's bullshit. Get rid of it. And I don't want to see it in the friggin' next year's competition. Yeah. I like it, Chuck. I it's like a fair it, call, Chuck. Fair call. Well, you, you look at the after the game, the kicks after the siren, Robbie Gray, he would have took a minute and a half to kick his, have his shot at goal post the game. Yep. So, yeah, you're right. Probably shouldn't count in the actual time. I don't mind it. Yeah, no, good. Well said, mate. We might hook you up with Steve Hocking and uh, get you involved in some way, shape or form with uh, with the AFL boys next year because, you know, it's just called common sense. That's what it is, isn't it, boys? It's not that common, but thanks. It's the first time in 20 shows that the three of us have agreed, and I've been working on that for 20 weeks. <laughs> you, you, you do, you're, you're a thinker, aren't you, Chuck? You're, you're a deep thinker, and, uh, you know, you, you just can't sit there and uh, watch a game. I think the, the, the mind's ticking over all the time, and I, I sense that's why you're a coach, deep, because you love deep it. Thinker, deep thinker, Stewie. I reckon his notepad for this show would be the whole notepad. In red, green, blue, black, every colour of the rainbow, there'd be little dot points everywhere. No, just, just every stone... Unturned. He, he's the ultimate professional. You don't rock the old uh, the four colour biro, do you, Chuck? Very much so. The four colour biro. The old nurse's pen. The old nurse's pen. The four coloured highlighter. <laughs> Bullshit. Do they feel you get, coaching, Do they make a four coloured highlighter? Four coloured highlighter. Only specialist shops. You got to go searching. Coaching the Redbacks, so I had to. Group. When I was taking my notes on the game, boys, I just highlighted in green the things, that the positive stuff that I want to talk about after the game, and then in red the negative stuff. And when I was coaching Ludie at the Redbacks, I just had four pages of red shit. <laughs> that is unbelievable. Yes, many people have many four people have taken the piss out of me. I don't apologise for that, Stewie. And uh, whether it's a strength or a weakness, yes, I like to be prepared. 
You know what I'm like. I'm texting you every week and say, come on, get organised. What are we doing tonight? You go, don't worry, we'll be right. I'll see you at seven. <laughs> Flying on the seat of our pants. <laughs> hey, uh, Ludy, can you just, you know, he just mentioned there he coached at cricket. What was the biggest and best spray you ever copped off uh, old Chuck Sarka? Oh, I can think of a funny one that uh, myself and Chatty say stitched him up. We're in a warm-up uh, before day four of a shield game. I can't remember who it was against, but we are going for the win. And Chuck, when he gets a bit excited and a bit emotional, he tends to get a bit of saliva coming out of the mouth, and not just a little bit, quite a lot. <laughs> so Chuck's <laughs> called us in for the big chat pre-match like a footy tight we're in quite a tight huddle because we were close to winning this game so he's extra serious on this occasion and uh, myself and Chatty have whipped out which we prepared earlier in the day a snorkel and chuck that on <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and uh, chuck continued to actually spit in Chatty and my face literally <laughs> What do you do as a coach, Chuck, when you're sitting there and your players who you respect and you're, you're trying to be serious, they pull out a snorkel? Big fella, big fella. You wonder why we had no success. <laughs> uh, that was good, though. I, I like that. I think Ludy came in one of those face shields as well one day that everyone's wearing in COVID with their full face shield uh, when you used to wear for... Uh, what did you when you used to weld the welder's mask? I think you had one of those on one of those as well. Oh. So, yeah, I have been known to uh, get excited and froth a little bit at the mouth, and uh, it's called passion. <laughs> I remember the great uh, Terry Bright, who uh, he was a good coach, but he was a cranky man, old Brighty. And uh, Paul Armstrong, one day he came down to the rooms and he said, Brighty's that angry, he can't even come and speak to you blokes. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that wasn't the day. That wasn't the day you tagged Daniel. Hunter, oh, cut it? it out, Sarge! <laughs> <laughs> cut it out. Hey, listen, uh, Ludy. Uh, you know, yep. tell us about your little shark story, mate. Because, uh, well, you, you, you know, you don't bring a lot to the podcast. Let's be honest, uh, Chugs. <laughs> Come on, be honest. Be nice. I'm a quiet. I'm a quiet achiever. I'm, no, I'm only joking, mate. I love you, blokes. You know that. But uh, what's happened? What's happened with the great white shark? Well, I was thinking about it today when you said they'd bring up any good stories that we may have, and I thought about it. I'm actually pretty confident I hold some form of record, something that no one else in the world has ever done before, and I don't think I've told you guys this story. I, was, I went to Port Lincoln to do the shark cage diving yes. um, over there, dive with the Great Whites. Yes. And anyway, the first night we got there on the Friday, we, uh, we did the tuna swim, which was quite amazing. You get in a pen and swim the tuna. And I was that excited with my mates, I got that bloody drunk that night and we had to, we had to leave at 4.30 in the morning on the shark boat because it was a two and a half oh, hour no. boat trip out to, to Neptune Island <laughs> where the Great Whites live over there near Port Lincoln and we, were, we got out there and there's probably four or five sharks swimming around. One of them was five and a half metres, absolutely huge. Oh, that's massive. Anyway, this, quite a big boat and I'm sitting up the front, top deck of the boat up the front, very point, just leaning over the front, just hurling up. And as I've gone to do my first spew, this five and a half, shit you not, this five and a half metre great white has come out from the water. Its dorsal fin has come out. And as I spewed, it was one of those moments where I've spewed. I'm in so much pain. The spew has landed on the dorsal fin of the great white shark. I I reckon I could confidently say that no one else in the world has ever spewed on a great white shark. 
I, sh- I shit you not, that is but that is true. And you know when you're sick and you're spewing and that, you know, and it doesn't, nothing matters, you know. Like, it, it, were you at that point where you just, you kind of thought if the great white just take it, took a little nip of you there, it's not going to worry you because you're just in a world of hurt. I was, I was hurting, but at the same time I just went, oh, that's the most amazing thing that's ever happened. <laughs> Did anyone else see it? Yeah, the decky was like standing there patting me on the back because she thought I was just sick from seasickness. But a little known to her that I rolled in at four and the boat left at four thirty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is unbelievable! And uh, are you a loud spewer or a quiet spewer? Because I'm very, very loud. I really emphasise my spewing. I don't know why. It's just one of those things, and I just I've got to get it out. And I'm just yeah, I'm really loud. They're very much like the podcast, Stewie. I'm a quiet achiever. I'm a quiet spewer. <laughs> uh, unlike your fine self, who likes to dribble a lot of shit and get it out there. <laughs> you'd be ble- I reckon you'd be loud, Chuck. Well, I was going to say, it might surprise you, big fella, but uh, at my 21st birthday, there was there was a speech about the volume of my spew. <laughs> and uh, my nickname is not, Ch- not Chuck because of it. We've spoken about that. It's Chuck Berry, the old singer. But I'm a horrible, horrible spewer. And like you, Stewie, no surprise. I wouldn't have thought that Ludie's very quiet. I am loud. My eyes pop out of my head. Uh, you know, my ears blow. My tongue's hanging out. Um, and, you know, I remember playing a country uh, under 21. It used to be called the Harvester Cup back in the day, a long time ago, um, South Gippsland. And we played against Barwon actually back in the day. But it was South Gippsland versus the Mornington Peninsula, and we stayed at a little pub in Tyab, just over this neck of the woods. Long story short, I was only 15, and I was playing in the under-21s, and the big boys took me out to the pub at Hastings, and you know I probably had four beers, and I was absolutely maggoted. And I got home, we were, st- we were staying on the second floor of the hotel, well, off the balcony went Sarka, and uh, Chuck Sarka made a horrible mess, and they reckoned that I woke up the entire hotel with the... That's <laughs> where so, the nickname no came from, big fella, Chuck. Loud, loud spewer, loud. While we're on stories, uh, the old boy passed away a couple of weeks ago, which we spoke about, yep. and uh, it was obviously a sad time and stuff. But we're reflecting there, uh, you know, the last couple of weeks on some some funny stories, and the old the old boy was a bit of a character, and uh, you know, funny things seem to happen around the old fella, that is for sure. And uh, just I just want to share these couple. You'll appreciate this. The first one, Ludie, uh, you know, when we had uh, when we built the flying horse. Uh, hotel the old man come and work for us and uh you know he, he used to do like the odd jobs around the pub and all that kind of stuff anyway one day he come in he said quick he said out here he said uh i want to speak to you and monkey but monkey obviously was the other bloke that had the pub with me and anyway we're looking at each other thinking jesus you know where's this going what's happened he's all fired up he goes quick get out here and he walks out into the uh the courtyard area and he goes here he said i told you blokes <laughs> It's here. And we look at each other and we go, what do you mean it's here? And he's got the dustpan up and he goes, look, drugs. He said, there's drugs in the joint. And we both looked at each other and Monkey grabbed the old uh, the old white pill that was sitting in the, uh, the dustpan. He goes, Bob, that's an Eclipse Mint. <laughs> 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 and, oh, shit. You know, one of 
size of the white and green mince. He thought it was. <laughs> he thought someone's popping pills in the uh, the old <laughs> the old outdoor area. Oh, very funny times. He was that fired up. He had no one even. I'll, I'll just share one more. Okay. Him and the old girl went to Queensland on a holiday and uh, the old man kind of thought he'd sun himself uh, down in the pool and he got downstairs and uh, he went down. He met a lovely fella from overseas who was holidaying at the same place and they got to talking and anyway, the old girl made her way down there and she said, look, you know, you, you, you're getting a bit red, you know, you better better put some sunscreen on. Sunscreen on. So he, he said, right, he said, where is it? She goes, oh, I've left it back up in the room. So the old boy trudges back up to the room and uh, whacks the sunscreen on and he comes back down. He, the bloke's still there and... You know, they're sharing a drink and they're having a yak and talking about life. And this went on for, you know, a couple of hours. And the old girl thought, gee whiz, he's getting redder and redder, you know. You better put some more sunscreen on. Right, so he goes back up the room again. He puts more sunscreen on. Comes back down. Another talking session. Has a bit of a swim and a float around. He gets back up. He jumps in the shower and he comes out and he said, oh, he said, I don't know what's happened. He said, but that sunscreen's not working. The old girl said... You're pink. Oh, no. You're pink. <laughs> and she goes, what did you use? And he went, and he goes, here, look. And he pulled out, I kid you not, <laughs> the tub of KY jelly. <laughs> oh, no. So, purposes, big fella, not, not for the sun, not for the sun. A couple of different points there. One, don't tell us what you got the KY jelly for, big fella, okay? Just, uh, just you enjoy your holiday peace, but you don't have to share that story with the kids, all right? And for our young listeners, of course, Matty, on our podcast, that, that's the brother of the aeroplane jelly uh, that we used to have when we were kids. So yes. uh, aeroplane jelly <laughs> and the KY jelly, both available at the supermarket. Absolutely. Now, listen, new little segment, new segment. Here it is. Well, you've got. You got to let me know. Ooh. Should I stay or should I go? If oh, yeah. Should I stay or should I go? All thanks to... Oh, yes, the Nissan Warrior at Clinton Bolsh. You can find Bolsh on Facebook. Look them up. They're on the TV. And the Nissan Warrior is a beast of a motor vehicle. It is absolutely unbelievable. 2.4-litre turbo. Uh, and, uh, well, Chuck, I'm going to throw to you for this big fella because uh, I like this. All right. Well, look, normally we do 10 with Chuck Sarka when we have our special guest on. And I think you're still alluding that we might get a little late entry tonight, but... I thought we'd, I'm going to put you two under the pump a bit now uh, in our new segment called Should I Stay or Should I Go? I'm going to give you a name of an AFL player. I'll start with you, big fella, and then the second one will go to Ludi. Yep. I'll give you the name, and you tell me, is he staying at his club or is he going? Right, eight. I like this. You right with that, Ludi? Easy. Happy, more than happy. Right, eight. good. Righto, I'll start with you, big fella, and I'm interested in this one because I think my team, the Saints, are showing some interest. But this is your opinion. Should I stay or should I go? Brad Crouch, Adelaide Crows. Definite go. He'll, go. he'll, he'll, he'll leave for sure. He, he wanted to leave last year, so he's not going to hang around, I wouldn't imagine, at the Crows. So Righto, yeah, and if, and if, he, if he can go to St Kilda, good on him because they're probably uh, building building. I'm going to keep a tally here. I'll go to Tim Ludeman, the second one, and this one will have a little bit of interest as a Geelong supporter, mm-hmm. but it's your opinion, Ludy. Should I stay or should I go? Jeremy Cameron. Ooh. 
Oh, God, definitely. Come yeah, back down the to Giants. the near, the... near the family, come down to Geelong, nestle in next to big Tommy Hawkins. What a forward line. Get him, get him down here, whatever it takes. Mm. Loves his fishing and has but not was... has not committed either. You know, like he, he would have come out surely by now, but he hasn't. Yeah, correct. Okay, so two two goes back hey, to hey, you, big fella. Hey, have you got room in your salary cap down Geelong with all those stars? Seriously, I don't know how that works. Gary Ablett retiring. Oh yeah, fair call. Well, we might get there. We might get there. Don't jump the gun, big fella. Back to you. Should I stay or should I go, Joe Danaher? Oh, definite go. Um, Off your pop, Joe. Yeah, Joey's got to go, mate. I, I think by the sounds of it, there's going to be a few go um, at, uh, at Essendon, which is really sad because, uh, you know, they're, they're just kind of nowhere at the moment. So it's going to be a, uh, a lot more pain, I think, for Bombers supporters. But I think Joe is going to go, and he'll go either Sydney, Brisbane, or Gold Coast for mine. Righto. Uh, back to you, Luderman, and you mentioned it already. He's announced that he's going to retire, and he's done, and a champion, and he might go out a premiership player with the Cats. But if you're in charge, Gary Ablett, stay or go? Hmm. Uh, no, go. Done. go. He's been brilliant, and he's been unbelievable, but he said himself he's done, so if the player says that, you've got to let him go because his heart's not going to be in it. Oh, yeah, no, All fair, goes. Fair call. I know a few Geelong supporters that actually, you know, he just don't think he suits the balance of the team at the moment. So it's a, it's interesting. Back to you, big fella. See if you can give me a stay. He's playing tonight. He's back into the Magpies lineup. He's skillful. He's talented, but he is as fragile as they come. Should I stay or should I go, <laughs> Jaden Stevenson? Oh, he'll stay. I reckon he'll stay. Got to stay. Obviously, yeah, we've got to stay. I think he's, you know, he disappointed. He got dropped. They brought him straight back in. You know, he needs to show a little bit because, uh, as you said, he's a little bit fragile. The other one out of Collingwood that I heard. No, heard too him. long on your explanations, and I'm in charge. <laughs> my check. They all go. Not my check. Is that to Ludi or me? No, that's still to you because I know that you wanted to talk about it. No, but my, my check, my mail is that he might not be happy that Big Cox is on a little bit more money than him and he might have felt out the Richmond Footy Club. So that could be Ooh. big, big news in the coming weeks. Watch this space, Ludy. We're going to put a little question mark next to my check. It was an add on. Tim Chuck, Ludeman, can I just say uh, that, last, that last lead in sounded a little bit like Wayne Phillips with the ukulele. I thought you were going to pull it out for a second. <laughs> The ukulele might be out at North Melbourne. I've got two North Melbourne questions. And, Ooh, and let's just a quick stay or go from both of you. Ludeman first. Ben Brown. Stay. Oh, I think he's got to stay because they haven't got much there to build a yeah, side around. He has to. Yeah. All right. You two say stay. I reckon he's going. Uh, a big fella, Jared Polak. Mm, I, I think there'll be clubs that'll show interest in Pollack, and he, he didn't get treated real well this year, so he could possibly be on the move and be a good pick-up for, a, you know, a Melbourne or a Carlton. Right, I'll put him on the go mm. list from you. Tim Ludeman, we've got a couple left. Tim Ludeman, uh, Melbourne tough nut, but a bit of talk about him going to the Cats, Jack Viney. He won't leave. Too much history as a family. He'll stay in Melbourne through and through till the end. Stay, says Tim Ludeman. The, the yeah, here's another one the, on. Yeah, the Cats would have too many older players, wouldn't they, coming through, I reckon? Yeah, correct. Yeah. Uh, this one's an interesting one, and this man's had so many opportunities. I love him. He's talented, but 
how many times can this man make mistake after mistake? Uh, big fella, what are you doing? Harley Bennell at the Demons. Stuffed oh. up in the hub. Oh, I know. Nothing's really come out, has it, at the moment as to what happened. But, uh, yeah, disappointing for Harley because he just, you know, you felt like he just had a bit of a change of luck and things were going his way. I'm going to say stay. I reckon the, Melbourne's will, uh, the Melbourne Demons will stand by him and uh, and give him another year. He's obviously super talented and I hope he, actually I hope he stays. I don't. And the last one, uh, Ludie, a tough one this one, I reckon. But uh, your thoughts? Will I stay or will I go? Taylor Walker. That is a very tough one. Who'd take um, him? Uh, yeah, either he stays at Adelaide or he's probably done. Who Brian Benke, they've had a few Adelaide boys. <laughs> they have, actually, Big Bang Bang. <laughs> Actually, Ricky Henderson's a bit of a name floating around the Hamden League too at the moment. Uh, well, he married a he married a Warrnambool girl. He did, Jen Davis. So, uh, yeah. still not delisted by the Hawks, but uh, there is a bit of uh, rumour mongering going on down here at Warrnambool. And they Didn't same like Mate, he finished top five in Hawthorne's BNF last year. I, I just find it unbelievable. At twelve months later, I thought he finished top three. He yeah. might have. He might have. They say in life that everyone's got a twin. I'm not sure you and I have found ours. Uh, Big fella as yet, although a few have said I look a bit like the former English wicket keeper, a bumpy Steve Rhodes. Uh, Ludy has a little bit of an affiliation with Benjamin Button. Uh, big fella, I'm I, get, sure uh, I actually get Phil Collins quite a bit. Yeah, that's not bad. That's not bad. Uh, but Ricky Henderson looks very much like a good friend of ours and a man that helped us kick off the podcast early on. Mm, dead ringer. Who? Sayers? Elijah Wood. Chad Sayers. Chad, Chaddy Sayers. Chadlick. Well, Have Ricky, a look at a Ricky Henderson and a Chad Sayers. And Rick, there's a few similarities there. Ricky, you want to be very careful then around the night spots if he looks like Chaddy Sayers down here at the ball because there'll be a few that will remember Chad. <laughs> Only one difference between the two of them, and let's hope Chaddy's tuning in to our podcast. <laughs> one difference between Henderson and Sayers. Henderson bowled 128, a little bit quicker than Chad. I reckon 128 being kind. <laughs> Just to finish up, 10 with Saka. We've done the 10, but you, you two have to get the splinters out of your ass, and you've got to give me a name. Who? None of the coaches are going to get the lemonade and sass this year because it's been a bit different. But who is the first coach to get sacked? Next season, I'm going to give you five names to choose from, and you've got to tell me one of them. The first coach to get sacked next year, midway through the season, when they're going shit house, will be Reece Shaw, Matthew Nix, Stuart Jew, Leon Cameron, or the great Alistair Clarkson. Which one's getting the arse? You go, Ludes. Oh, I think there'll be two out of that five, to be honest. I know. Give them to me. I think Clarkson. I think Clarkson will fall on his sword at some point. I know. Um, and I think I think Nick's will be in trouble because, as we know, Chuck, in a small town like Adelaide, with a lot of press and media and a lot of expectations, especially in the Adelaide Football Club, not too dissimilar to the Saka setup, um, he will be under a lot of pressure if they continue their rut.
Yeah, but they've been all right Righto. late. They've been all right. The Crows. I, I reckon Nick's will be safe. I, I actually reckon Pearl Camo <coughs> in that list will be uh, the one under the pump. Especially they're losing players left, right, and centre. Um, the Giants, if they lose Cameron, they've lost Williams. Uh, you know, the, the full back's gone. Like, I just can't see where they're going to improve next year. So, sadly, and, and I love Camo, but I think Camo's going to be the one under the pump. But you left one off for mine. I actually reckon. Uh, I actually reckon uh, Chris Scott, the Geelong coach, could be under a little bit. If they bow out in straight sets this year, and uh, things things don't go to plan, I just reckon you know there could be a bit of pressure there. <coughs> All right, I'll put that name down. And like we did last week, uh, we put in the vault. So I'll put those names down again. I'll keep them when we get up to show 117. I'll bring them out because <laughs> last week. And I know we've got to get to uh, our final segment tonight, which is a country legend. But in the vault, Matty Stewart says the Tigers will win the flag and Lockie Neal will win the Brownlow. That's because we asked him first and he really went out on a limb. (laughs) Tim Ludeman last week said the Cats will win the flag and Travis Boak will win the Brownlow. So I had third dibs at it and I didn't want to follow the boys because I agree Tigers and Cats are probably the two best. I went with Port Adelaide to win the flag and... Just with a little bit of bias, who did I go for the Brownlow boys? Jack Steele. Jack Steele. Uh, might have got him at 35 bucks about a month ago, but we'll leave that aside, gamble responsibly. Uh, if, he wins, if, he, if he wins a Brownlow, Chuck, I'll do every yes. podcast nude. <laughs> well, Honestly, mate, okay, he, he but... is, seriously, he is, he won't win the Brownlow, mate. All right, I'm just writing it down. Every podcast nude. Ludy, if you can just add a little bit of local flavour to that, because we don't care if the big fella's at home nude. Can you please tell me the main street of Warnable and that's where he will do every podcast nude from? Uh, Lionick Street, but I'd like to see him sing the St Kilda theme song under the Dirty Angel nude. <laughs> there we go. No, can I we throw that in, Big Fella? nude up in public, but like... Chuck. I saw, a, I saw a little. I saw a little. Uh, a little tweet today from TAB Sportsbet that some mad punter, absolutely mad punter, has gone out and put fifty cents on St Kilda at forty-one dollars. That wasn't you, was it? <laughs> it, it? It wasn't me. It wasn't me. But you know what? Uh, I've never seen one in my lifetime. So if we win the flag this year, I'm happy to pay that punter. I, I'll, I'll pay the bet for him. <laughs> you will not. There is no chance of that, big fella. And uh, now, listen, as we planned today, guys, we said what we're going to do tonight. Yes, we're going to talk for we're going to talk for ten or fifteen minutes at the start. I know, and then we're going to get on to a next segment. Now, after you've told us, Stewie, about aeroplane jelly and all this stuff, <laughs> we've now been going forty-five minutes, and you haven't even got to where we're supposed to be. So, can you get moving? Well, we're talking about. Country sporting legends, you know, football legends, cricket yep. legends, you know, people that, uh, you know, haven't quite made it on the big stage, but gee whiz, they've been stiff. And I reckon... you mean out, you mean, you mean outside of us three. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Good answer, Chuck. No, but the, you know, there's a lot of them around. You know, like I, I look at, uh, you know, like blokes out of Warnable and, and Ludy, you probably know uh, a few of these guys. Like a, a bloke like a Benny Thomas. Who uh, yep. you know got drafted? What are your cricket? To, to he's football Brisbane Bears. Actually, funny story about Tomo uh, played in the uh, the Brisbane Bears Premiership, their first ever Premiership reserves flag at the G, and was at Port Ferry that night back home here. He didn't even go and celebrate with the boys. He just uh, he just said, "I'm getting back home to the ball," and he got homesick. You know, so there's there's plenty of those around, isn't there? Big uh, Big Brian Hinkley did that, didn't he? Big Barney, absolutely. You got, didn't he go like pick number eight or something in the draft and lasted 
four weeks of pre-season and then come out. Just a country boy, mate. Country boy at heart. What about Johnny Wrigley on the cricket field? You ever come across Wriggles boys? Mad quick. Played against him. Opening the bowling for Essendon, Big Wrigley. Uh, did play against him. He was a good bowler, for sure. I don't know his country exploits, but he had a crack at Essendon for a while. He was good, wasn't he? Good player, Big Wriggles. What else? What do you remember the one? What yeah, do you got, Growing Chuck? up as a kid, and uh, a guy, well, probably cricket ones, and, and these were just local blokes where I grew up in Wonthaggy and Lee and Gafford competition down there, so names that are not going to mean much to anyone, but there was a bloke that played actually in the Ruck at Footscray Footy Club, but I'm talking cricket. His name was Ian Curley Salmon. You can look up your research there. But he had about four brothers, all right, and they played for a club called Narina, which was probably a bit like uh, Nestles or, uh, you know, out in the bush there. Uh, Narina was just a little, no, no nothing, just out in the middle of nowhere. And there was four, there's probably more than that, four brothers, mate. They were all six foot five and bowled serious heat. And as a young 14-year-old playing A-grade in the bush, Slutty, they scared the shit out of me. And his, bro- his brother, Ernie Salmon, was a big left armour. Uh, fast. They scared the shit. I might have got that wrong, one of the Salmons. But what about great. Uh, did you ever play against Yabby Salmon? He's from Waterloo. He's a bloody yes. good cricketer. Played for Essendon. Correct. Yes, yes, I did. He was finishing when I was starting. Did he keep wickets as well or just a bat? He did. No, he kept wickets, yep. Yeah, yeah, I remember him when I was just a kid. Semi family. Uh, and I'll throw a couple of, just a cut. Steve McNamara was my coach in the bush, and he was like, you know, I looked up, up to him, and he had a bit of a run at the Essendon seconds, but never made it. But a gun in the country, Froggy Forest on Phillip Island. Uh, I'll just mention him, guys, because I actually fancied his daughter, and I did my debutante, <laughs> partnered her in the debutante ball. She's probably and wishing I tell you what, that, that, you know, that. He not only scared the shit out of me on the cricket field, because he was seriously fast. And I was a 14-year-old playing A-grade, but I was trying to uh, just get friendly with his daughter. Uh, and at the dead ball, I tell you what, I was shitting myself. Didn't put a foot wrong that night. <laughs> and the last one, I'll just throw uh, Huck Cleland. Huck Cleland. There's a few uh, cricket names for you. But uh, I did... Uh, what, are we going to try and get a country legend on tonight, have a chat? Well, mate, one of the best, I reckon, ever. And uh, you've got his number, haven't you? Like, I think we should... Uh, you need to text me hit this fella's number and yep. uh, and then I'm going to grab him. And, uh, well, let's just hope he answers the phone. How's that sound? We're talking about a bloke because we just mentioned this earlier before. I said, let's have a go and get... Let's do something different and get a bit of a country legend on. I did say to him, mate... We'll come to you at about uh, 7 o'clock. Mm. Now, this is a pre-record. It's now 7.35 because mm. the big fellas told us about Daniel Harford again. No, I have um, not. <laughs> this, bloke, this bloke is a country legend, Ludes, and uh, I'm saying this before we get him on because I don't want to inflate his head. But, mate, he, he, kicked, he kicked 100 goals for the Mornington Footy Club 12 years on the trot, 12 times 100. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, he kicked 150 goals twice in a season. He had a bit of a run down at Geelong. I won't say any more because I'll let the big... I just texted his number. You mm. ring him. I don't know if he'll still answer now. And you can introduce him. Let's just have 15 or 20 minutes with this local country legend. Well, just keep talking about him as I uh, pull this number off. And, uh, well, we're, we're going to be going live on the potty. Uh, Ludy, the... this bloke, while uh, the big fella's trying to chase his number up that I text through to him... Uh, he, he played Geelong Reserves early 90s behind Ablett, 
Stoneham and Brown. Hello, Simon speaking. <laughs> oh, yeah. Here he is. Here he is. The great man. I'm going to give him this as well because he lives down there and he coaches the footy team. You coach the cricket. He deserves this a bit more than you, well, Chuck. Well, it's a big show. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> This bloke is the big show near the morning to Peninsula. Simon Goosey, how are you, Goose? Yeah, good, fellas. How are you? Fantastic, mate. And we have to apologise. Uh, Chuck's been rambling on for the last uh, half an hour. We tried to get to you early, but he's been uh, just sharing stories about uh, lockdown and COVID and all that kind of stuff in Melbourne. But, Goose, uh, you had a magnificent football career, mate. Uh, one of the best ever. Uh, you know, everybody, I think, that plays local footy knows about Simon Goosey. Yeah, I, I actually wish they were talking about me in an AFL sense. Uh, so, yeah, locally I, I did okay. But, uh, yeah, I would have I would have loved to have made the big time. Well, Goose, it's Chuck. And thanks for... I just text uh, Matty Stewart is the host, the big fellow we call him. And then Tim Ludeman, another uh, one of my kindred spirits, Goose, is on the <laughs> line, a uh, wicketkeeper for South Australia and the Melbourne Renegades. And Ludy, before I ask my question... Let me tell you, whilst Goosey is a, a legend footballer in the country, he loves his cricket ludes as well. Just have a guess. What skill do you reckon he would be without any clues? Oh, geez, a big power forward. I'd have to say yep. Matthew Hayden type opening batter who just whacks him. <laughs> well, that's what I thought. Hey, you've got that right. You've got that right. <laughs> I'm, I'm coaching the cricket club. <laughs> I'm coaching the cricket club, and, and Goose is coach of the footy club down here on the Mornington Peninsula, and they said he wants to come and play cricket, and I thought the big power forward. I thought a gun-opening bat, or maybe he's a big quick, right? Maybe, you know what he does, big fella? Just have a, you have a guess, because it's neither oh, of those. He's not a keeper, surely. He's oh, not no. a keeper, so, so what's left? Well, he's not a 12-man drinks carrier, is he? 12-man fielder? <laughs> what, what is that? Mate, he bowls spinner. Him. Spinner. Oh, he's a spinner. Putrid-looking bloody leg spinners <laughs> that don't spin off the square. <laughs> Chuck, you're kidding, Chuck. Oh, putrid. Mate, uh, last game I played in the twos, I was man of the match. Come on, mate. And <laughs> you know isn't this Boy, great, but... Goose, like when you got your captain and, you, you know, your coach that's just belittling you, you know, like you're playing Division 2, he's going to be leading you, and he's not even giving you a go, mate. What's going on? Exactly. <laughs> I said to him at the start, when I joined the cricket club, I said, I hope, I hope age, you don't discriminate against age. He said, no way. No way. And what do I find? He, he dropped me at every occasion he could. I got man of a match in the suit and they dropped me before the final. Oh, this is terrible. <laughs> hey, boys, in all seriousness, in all seriousness, I mean, we do take the piss on this show and we will get to Simon's football career, which is a fair bit better than his cricket. But he did, he did start this year in the sixes with his son. He, and we just, due to performances, we had to put him up to the fifths. Well, actually, he bypassed the fifth. He went straight to the fourth. Then he <laughs> nah, went into third, the thirds. Third. <laughs> then he went into the thirds. So, uh, and you know what? We put him up in the seconds. There was only one more bloody step. And I tell you, all shit aside, he was at 51 years of age. <laughs> he was seriously close to playing in the first. So, look, That's he's just got to keep working. Just got to keep working on his batting and his fielding. Yeah, Goosey, I, I'm, I'm going to talk... Sorry, you go, Goose. 
Yeah, well, if Chuck gives me a go up the order, I'm, I am a power hitter one dayer, so I could come in <laughs> very quickly. I don't like spin bowling. I could face the quicks and make a quick oh, 30, 40. <laughs> that's all he needs, Goose. We didn't get you on to talk about cricket, mate. We we got you on with full respect as our first country legend. I've been serious now. Now, you did for our listeners that don't know you, which not many wouldn't, but you, you played under-19s at, at the Richmond Footy Club where you are the leading goal kicker, dominant player. Uh, at the end of the under-19s, and you can take the story up, you then came down to Mornington. I, I think uh, they loaded up the cash. And uh, <laughs> then, then you had a run at Geelong, in the reserves and I'd just like you if you could take us back to those days when you went to Geelong because you said three minutes ago you would have loved it to have been at the AFL level well you had a bit of a taste what was it like and and what happened in that time when you're at Geelong yeah look well first of all at Richmond I I enjoyed I really enjoyed my time there but I was a skinny kid believe it or not I was a skinny skinny 19-year-old kid that uh, I couldn't put on weight. I couldn't put on weight. Um, it was very hard to put on weight. And back then, if you remember, you, you had the lockets, Dunstalls. Um, Gary Ablett was probably one of the few that was only 6'1". The rest were probably 6'4", and they were pretty solid. I was a skinny kid, probably. I was lucky to weigh 82 kilos. I was, I'm six one and a half now. Uh, 187 in the uh, new language. Um, so I was probably a little bit short um, there. But it's funny, nowadays they measure everything and they measure your reach. Like I had a reach uh, that was equal to our Ruckman in the under-19s and he was six foot three. I, I do have long arms. So back then I wish they had looked at a few more things because I always mm. got told I was, I was probably a little bit short for a key position. But... Yeah, I came down to Mornington the first after Richmond first year. I broke my leg, and then the next year played, and I kicked me first hundred. And then Geelong, and I was actually doing pre-season back then. They had the pre-season draft, which was March. I was doing pre-season with Carlton, um, and I played in a couple of practice matches, and I was I played all right. And um, then Geelong full forward, Goose. Were you, were you playing full forward? Uh, Half-forward flank, actually. Half-forward flank. Half-forward. And, um, yeah, the, then Geelong drafted me. And, um, yeah, I'd like, virtually um, I was working, working, and I got a phone call as a linesman. I got a phone call, uh, Geelong have drafted you. I thought, shit, Geelong, uh, that's a long way away. So I went to training <laughs> that night, actually. Um, I went to training. that They rang me, said, yeah, get over here. So I quickly went over there because, like, I just love me footy. I love me footy. Um, and I went over there and then within a week, I think we were trying to Monday, Wednesday, Friday back then with Blighty. Uh, I think that first weekend we flew up to Canberra and played a practice match against the Sydney Swans. Um, and yeah, I was there about all the time. I think I was emergency a few times. I got suspended after... Actually, uh, um, I got suspended hitting Tim McGrath there Chuck Did I know you? your, your co-host on uh, K-Rock um, <laughs> when, when he was at the Kangas yeah he was at the Kangas uh, like I wish they had video footage because back then the goal umpire said I round him and I really all I did was he, 
he missed the ball and belted me in the back of the head, and I got up that near, and like it was this. near the 50, 50 metre mark, and I grabbed his jumper and jumper punched him. And the umpire said it happened five metres off the goal square and I round-armed him. So I got two weeks and, uh, yeah, Blighty didn't really chat to me much after that. He, he was <laughs> like, he, he, it was funny. Probably he used to be dark on anyone that got suspended, um, except... Goose, uh, and when you went down there, though, I'm just looking at it and I'm thinking early 90s. You've gone to Geelong oh. as a forward player, as a goal kicker with a good reach, but you weren't quite tall enough. But tell me if I'm wrong. I reckon Geelong probably had Ablett, Brownless, Stoneham, Gavin Axel, Bruce Lindner, <laughs> um, Middlemas. Is it any I've forgotten? And then Goosey. Uh, D- Dave Cameron. Dave Cameron. Yeah. And, and Kenny Hinckley. Actually, God. It was funny because uh, myself and Kenny Hinckley were playing on the half-forward flank. Um, and after rounds, I think, three or four, I was actually leading the league goal-kicking, playing on the half-forward flank, and I played a bit rock rover. Um, and I, th- I think with 20, and Kenny had kicked only two. Uh, they needed a, a half-forward. I got suspended. That was the week I got suspended. Kenny went up and never looked back. Kenny ended up uh, the next year playing half back and getting all Australian. That's a sliding doors um, moment, isn't it? You know, like you just you're suspended at the time. Can you remember a bloke called Goober Smith, Dino? Goober Smith? No, no. Back in 1990, no, no. He might have been. How old is he? He's a St. Joey's boy, and uh, he. It's funny you said because he was a bit the same. He was coming through that era, and uh, he got suspended. And same thing, he said they just virtually put him to the back of the queue. So I was interested to hear you say that as well, Goose. It's, uh, you know, obviously it was just a thing at the time. You, you must have, like you, you just spoke about Malcolm Blight. I always love to hear a good Malcolm Blight story and a good Gary Ablett senior story. What do you got for us, Goose? Oh, Gaz, Gaz was, uh, look, I loved training with Gaz. Like he, he was he was my hero the year before. I went to the finals just to watch him. I still say he's the greatest footballer I've ever seen. Yeah. Now, agree. Now, Gaz... 1990, back then they had the state of origin, state of origin. Anyway, Gaz, Gaz used to do his own thing. Like, he couldn't train Wednesday because he was always a bit sore. He, so, Blighty <laughs> used to train us Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So, Monday was always recovery. If we played Saturday, it was light. If we lost, we used to get flogged. Blighty was big on that. So. But um, Gaz used to always... Uh, jog a few laps, kick a few banana goals and that. And Wednesday was the same because he really struggled to train, you know, come up. And then Friday was, the, you know, what they call the captain's run now where it's skills and then they say, yeah, in and you still want to have a kick. So uh, it's a real sharp session, the, probably the best session you have. Um Anyway, Gaz got picked in the state squad and they were playing WA. And back then it was on the Tuesday night and he, he'd played Saturday, he played quite well. And all of us, all the boys are saying, oh, how's Gaz going to play? He can't even train Wednesday night. If you remember back then in um, when he played WA, he kicked, I think, seven goals, five on a half-forward flank on a Tuesday night and got best on the ground. <laughs> like, <laughs> and he, he couldn't train Wednesday, but he could play... Come out and get best on the ground on a Tuesday night. He was unbelievable. He was a freak. Uh, like best, as I said, best footballer I've ever seen. 
What, what, yeah, about, what, what about Blighty, mate? Because he had a few uh, idiosyncrasies as well, didn't he? Yeah, Blighty, like Blighty really, to, to me, Blighty, Blighty give me, a, I learnt a lot off Blighty in the fact of, Blighty was really big on why we play the game because we enjoy it. I think sometimes, you know, no matter what sport, we put pressure on ourselves and we forget why we play it. And I suppose as a coach, I, that's something I try to get at to my players because I know how important it is to, you know, to enjoy what you do and have an enjoyable environment. Anyway, Blighty was big on, if we, if we didn't win, we would be playing. We would uh, we'd get the train and we'd get flogged on Monday night. Like we'd have a mental mile. That's two and a half laps of Cadinia Park, um, <laughs> which is Skilled Stadium or whatever it's called now. And then the first twenty would go through. They wouldn't have to do it again. So I was always, you know, I, I probably could have got 18. I was always probably the best I could have got was 18. Like, and there was a lot of blokes, and we had. Uh, Oh, 40, 46 training or whatever. So the 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 blokes that didn't make the top twenty had to do it again. So you'd you'd just run your race. So and if you knew you were doing it again, anyway, he used to flog us. And one time, I think we had three weeks where or two weeks Mondays where we just got absolutely flogged. And this is after the eighty. They had that great year, eighty nine. And we weren't having such a good year. And anyway, we all come to training with our heads held down, you know, looking at the ground, ready for a, um, a flogging. Blighty gets us in the meeting room. He leans over and he says, boys, you can either go and have a kick amongst yourself or... And he leaned over and cracked the esky open and said, you can have a beer in here with me. And, you know, it, it just <laughs> lightened the mood. and, and just Beautiful. <laughs> That was unbelievable. And the year before 89, he actually made the boys, um, he said, get your runners on. They, they all thought they were getting a flogging. They went to Dash's pub. It had uh, He put 100 bucks over the bar. They had two pots each and they jogged back. <laughs> so he, he had the ability. He was very different, but he did have the ability to, you know, lighten the moment and getting you back to enjoying what you should be doing. Goosey, I'm just going to jump in there. I must say, I, whenever I think of the EJ Witten games, I think of Simon Goosey <laughs> taking down Stewie Lowe, firstly. But the question I want to ask is around, you got the arse from the Cats and then you go to Frankston in the VFL. Surely it must have been pretty tough footy back those days. You must have some good stories from that. Mm. Uh, back in the VFA days? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Look, I suppose... I suppose just, I reckon before, when I first started out as a 17-year-old, that was when they used to belt you. Um, and, and I suppose back in those days, the VFA, like, and, and local footy to that point, the full-backs, they actually played on you. Like, you had blokes playing on you. And always they'd miss the ball and belt you in the back of the head. Like, always. <laughs> like, Today's day, I reckon they really look after after the Fords really well. Like, you know, their full back accidentally just smack you in the head. I, I remember one day at Frankston, we were playing Williamstown, and Simon Lloyd, who I think he's Carlton's list manager, correct? Macy's, Macy yep. still blames me, blames me for this. Lloydy was getting stuck into me, belting me around, um, and I was full, full forty. He was full back, and he was getting into me. And Macy had enough, so he'd come off the square and ran through Sadi Ghazi, 
and start snorkeling brawl. A bit like, you know, back in the days, Dermot used to come off the square and iron someone out. Well, Macy, Macy did this to Sadi Ghazi, and it was on. It was on back then. So, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like trial by video, never trial by video back then. Um, they never looked Sorry, at Goose, it. Sorry, when you said Simon Lloyd, isn't Simon Lloyd at Geelong and Brad Lloyd's at Carlton? I'm getting my Lloyd oh, confused. Sorry, oh, yeah, you might be right, Chuck. You might be right. Oh, that was my uh, yeah, fault. Yeah. Brad's, at, Brad's at Carlton, Simon's at Geelong. Yeah, I, all right. Yeah, I've got that wrong. I uh, yeah, yeah. The Lloyd brothers, they're all uh, one's at Channel Nine, isn't he? The other one, He's Matthew. Not, he wasn't too bad that one. He was a fair goal kicker. Goose, I want to ask you. I want to ask you about goal kicking, but I, I really what we got you on for is to talk about country football because that's where you really did make your name. Whilst you would wanted to make it at VFL, AFL, whatever we want to call it, you were known for quite a long time, boys, as the cock. And the cock with a, with a K. No, the cock, the cock. with a K. Oh. Oh. King of country. Oh, you no. kicked 100 goals, big fella. I think it was 12 or 13 times. Correct me if I'm wrong. You kicked 150 goals twice in a golden era for the Mornington Footy Club where you won four flags. I mean, there's too many memories to go through. The scoreboard boys at the club is named after him, the Simon Goosey scoreboard. 2,000 goals. Uh, guys, listen to this. God. Not many people that have this at, at an average of more than six goals a game. We're talking about a serious goal kicker. Goose, your favourite memory at Mornington Footy Club as a player. Now you're a coach. Was there a flag that stood out? Was there a moment? Tell us about the Mornington golden decade. Yeah, look, for me, it was definitely the first premiership. Like, that was my first year as coach. Our president actually had come to me and asked, he said, hey, mate, let's, please, uh, let's not get relegated. <laughs> well, that's the laugh now. But he said, please, <laughs> not get relegated. And I said, mate, we're here to win the premiership. We had lost 14 senior players. And we had a bunch of kids. And just to get the belief in, like, what was I? I was 28-year-old coach first year. And, yeah, just just what what we were able to achieve with the group, which set us up for the next nine years, we finished top two. Um, you know, one, the belief was probably the most important thing. But the, the enjoyment we had, too, we were all locals and... You know, really enjoyed being around the club, really enjoyed working hard. You know, and back then you, you went out together, you, you played together, you, you didn't have the phones and all that. It, it was just a, a great a great experience. So for me, probably that premier, as you know, you've won the Shield and that, that that's probably one of the greatest memories you could have. Like, you, you know, all the... I used to think that if I could kick 100 goals, I'd be doing my job back then. So I always put that pressure on myself as a full forward. I suppose uh, today, today's day, I'd, I'd still want to kick it, but I don't think you share it around a little bit more now. So, Goose, you, you know, you're obviously a beautiful kick of the footy. And I can remember, a, uh, I reckon, one of the clubs down here, might have been North Warrnambool, uh, had a crack at you there at one stage to get you down as a possible coach. Um, I uh, camper down. Camper down, was it? Yeah, I can remember yeah. there was there was some connection down here. Were you close to ever coming down in the Hamden League? 
Oh, look, when when I left Geelong, I I I looked at it, but deep down, I like I was I wanted to come back to Mornington. I actually saw Chuck. Chuck's been doing the media rounds too. He was on Game Face uh, talking up Mornington Peninsula, but I did li- happen to listen to you. Chuck and I do agree. It's a great place, great place to live in. Yeah, probably just to come back home. I I love Mornington. Mm. I moved here when I was nineteen, and just to come back down the peninsula. Like I was, I was tempted. I was tempted, but I look back now, and I I'm really glad that I I did that because you know to be part of uh, a strong club and part of history. I reckon too too many times today, too many. The young blokes, they don't realise until they finish. If you can stay at a club, you get lifetime memories and you're always welcome back. You know, you're always welcome back and you're part of that club. I reckon when you leave clubs here and there, you know, what have you got at the end of your career? Do you belong anywhere? Like, I think belonging is a really important thing. And, like, I love Mm. the fact that I belong at Mornington and I played... When I retired from Mornington, I, I did a bit at the Western Bulldogs. I actually played three seasons with Dramana. So, uh, I and, you know, I played nearly 50 games there. So, I... Just so you I know, boys, I'm going to cut in. I'm going to cut in. Goose can keep telling the story, but he went to Dramana. That's pretty controversial down oh, here to I go from imagine. Mornington to Dramana. He had three years there, boys. Three years. Ludy, nearest the pin. How many goals did he kick in three years? And then you have a guest, big fella. So, Ludy, three seasons of footy, how many goals? 345. I'll Hang say. On a minute. You reckon he's kicked 120 every year and he was 60 years of age? Okay, but th- what about you, big fella? How many you reckon? Oh, you no, I only played 14 games the first two years, though, with him. I'll say 200. All right, well, I can tell you he played 49 games for Dramana in the twilight of his career. Probably his best was past him. He might not agree. He kicked 259 goals in 49 games. Wow. Yeah. That is unbelievable. At, at that age. That's huge. That's decent going. <laughs> that's unbelievable. No, I, I, I age well, though. I, as, I was, as Chuck will know, I'm really pushing the young blokes down the cricket club now. He, he should be. I'm nearly his number one spinner. So age, age there's no, no limit with age. Sadly, he's right. Goose, oh, we're trying to cram a bloody 30-year career, which has been outstanding, into sort of 20 minutes. It's it's tough to do, but a great decade at Mornington. As I said, you know, 300 games in the local comp, over 2,000 goals. They're extraordinary numbers, unbelievable numbers that you're very proud of. Um, you then went into coaching as a non-playing coach now. I come and watched you win a premiership at Crimeburn. Uh, Cranburn, sorry. I always get those names confused. Over there at Cranburn. And, yeah, next, and now, door, next door to where you come uh, got brought up, Chuck. That's right. Just up from the Turak end of Dandenong in Dufton. Um, yeah. And now you're back home at the Doggies. Uh, and is that you think that'll be your sort of final challenge to get the Mornington Footy Club back on track, building up the youngsters. And, and I know you'd love nothing more. Us two old blokes, we've got to try and get a flag for the cricket and a flag for the footy in the next three years. Yeah, mate. Hey, nothing would please me more to do both, mate. And 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 nothing would please me more to be be there by your side, Chuck, uh, spinning us to victory. <laughs> but um, in all seriousness, um, yeah, like that's that's the aim. Like, uh, look, we got relegated this year at Mornington, but we were so close. 
like we're so close. We use 50 players. We, we've been working on the juniors the last couple of years. And I just think with what's happened, obviously, in Victoria and with the salary cap now, and I suppose every club having to work on their juniors, we're, we're probably a step ahead where... You know, we're in a pretty good position with the kids that we've been working with the last two years. So, uh, obviously, the money's not going to be there um, either in footy or cricket because I know, Chuck, you take most of it at Mornington. So, um... <laughs> settle down. <laughs> correct, yeah. correct, big fella. Hey, and I was, I... I was wondering, hey, when I went through this and Chuck, Ludy and the big fella, I thought, why does Chuck get two, uh, two trains? <laughs> I didn't know there was three. <laughs> Yeah, hey. Not bad, Goose. Not bad. When, hey, Goose. When I took the job, when I took the job, uh, Stewie at Mornington Cricket Club, there was a lot of people to say there's probably not enough room at the club for Goosey and Barry together. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> I can imagine. Hey, seriously though, Goose, we appreciate your time, mate. Uh, great to talk. And as I said at the top, not too many people wouldn't know the name Simon Goosey in country footy circles. Everybody's heard you've been part of those, uh, you know, Teddy Witten, EJ Witten legends games and. Uh, You've just been a goal-kicking machine, a superstar for such a long period of time, mate. We appreciate you jumping on our podcast, big fella. Thanks, Goose. No worries, boys. I thoroughly enjoyed it, and good luck. Good on you, Goose. Thanks, Goose. I'll see you at cricket training, big fella, and uh, spin to win. (laughs) Spin to win. Yeah, I've been waiting for the call, mate. (laughs) Mate, I'm in your top 20. <laughs> Get him down. Hey, Chuck's got a he's got a club ten, mate. Just a bit like uh, Ricky Nixon had. So you might be just outside there, Goose. So don't take offence. No, no, I love, I love him. him. I love him. Yeah. Heart and soul, oh, no. mate. He's he's good. He's a good tryer, uh, and he can play cricket. I tell you, but uh, could not spin it on a merry-go-round. Hey, Chuck, I'll give you a challenge, mate. We'll get you in the in the nets and you face me and I'm, I'll get you LBW, I guarantee you. <laughs> that's How it. About, that's it for a challenge. Hey, Goose, hey? I want, we want video footage of me and Ludi, yeah, okay? Yeah, what about we do that challenge and we put it on the show? You got four, Chuck, four, four, four overs at him, okay, Goose, to get him out. Yeah, well, Chuck knows what I did with four hours, uh, overs in the one day, huh? Mate, I, I'm happy to lock that in, Goose, uh, and I'm happy yeah. for me to be made the goose. I'll face you for four overs, and if you get me out, I'll, I'll shout you a pot and a palmer down at the Grand Hotel. And if uh, yeah. I don't get out in 24 balls, it's your shout for a pot and a palmer. <laughs> but, <laughs> that's mate, awesome. that's a one day. You have to hit me, though, Chuck. <laughs> you have to do something. <laughs> you can't stand here. This is it. great. Do, uh, do you reckon we're enjoying it down at Mornington? Mornington boys, you reckon we're having fun? <laughs> I reckon you're having an absolute ball. Hey, Goose, good on you, mate. Appreciate your time, big fella. Yeah, thanks, boys. Good luck. Uh, great Fair stuff. Champ. Thanks, what Goosey. an absolute legend. And we're going to get a few more of these legends uh, on in the uh, the coming months, too, on this podcast. Just take it up another notch. So that was a good little get there, Chuck. Uh, I mean, he's a legend of country country footy. I mean, he loves his cricket, as you can see, and he's 100% serious. He wants to play in the ones, and i got no issue. He's 51, but if he's the best, and he got bloody awfully close last year. I hope he's hung up, but, uh, yeah, when we train, if he's good enough, he'll, and he loves his cricket, I said to him, mate, your fielding and your batting's a bit below, and he said, yeah, but I'll work hard. But he a is legend. a country legend football, 2,000 goals in country footy. 12 times... I, I, I think there was a guy down in Sale that played at Footscray. Remember a guy called Shane Loveless, big fella? Do you remember yes, that name? Yes, yes, absolutely. 
he was another country legend, but he did play quite a bit at Footscray, but he used to kick 100 for fun at Sale. And I'm sure you guys, what about every two or three weeks we try and search out a country legend? Yeah, I love it. Great. Great stuff. Good idea. Great. Yeah, bloody Great idea. And there's plenty of them around. They are everywhere, you know. Just could not quite get there. No, that's right. Can be cricket. I'm sure there's plenty of gun cricketers, uh, you know, that have uh, just you know not been able to make it uh, at that top level. Especially when there's only you know what twelve spots in a cricket side. It's uh, certainly a lot more uh, harder, isn't it, boys? And only only one wicket keeper lewd. So I mean, how hard is it to sort of make it as a wicket keeper? You know, you you big fella, you got to be the top of the top. Yeah, absolutely, you got it. Bloody oath. Hey, listen, I was boys. The, I was taking the piss there. Yeah, no, I know you take the piss all the time, mate. We've taken the piss out of each other all night, you blokes. It's been a fantastic podcast. We've ran a little bit over time. We apologise to our listeners, but we don't apologise to our sponsor, Clinton Bolsh, the all-new Nissan Warrior. And it is time to go to Chuck's favourite song, Ludy. Doesn't he love this one? The big fella simply oh. started playing this, a little bit of Neil Diamond. Beautiful noise that the Vicks. See a legend. The Vicks used to play after any victory, and Saka would lead the charge back in the day with Merv and Warney. Who else used to play there? David Saker. Beautiful noise. (laughs) See ya, boys. See ya. See ya, Luke. What a beautiful noise coming up from the street. Got a beautiful sound. Got a beautiful beat. It's a beautiful noise going on everywhere. Like the clickety clack of a train on a track, it's got rhythm to spare. It's a beautiful noise, and it's a sound that I love, and it fits me as well. A hand in a glove Yes it does Yes it does What a beautiful noise Coming up from the park It's the song of the 